What's up, everybody? My name is Brady Morgan, and I'm the host of the Butch Trek Podcast. If you haven't already, head over to Apple Podcasts, hit that subscribe button, and please leave us a review. But before we dive in, I want to talk about our sponsor. Are you a business owner and struggling to manage the finances behind your business? Or maybe you're spending endless amounts of time trying to determine the overall financial direction. If so, I want to acknowledge my company, Financial Automation. Through the creation of custom financial dashboards to financial consulting to financial literacy education, we're committed to helping entrepreneurs take control of the finances behind their businesses. If you're interested in learning more, go to www.financialautomation.co and book your free strategy call. Now, onto the show. What's up, everybody? My name is Brady Morgan. I am the host of the Budget Trek Podcast, and today I am here with Garen Jones. Garen is a wellness entrepreneur, and before we started this recording, I actually talked to him for about three minutes, and he is very, very intelligent. So we're going to get into that and several other topics, but Garen, how's it going, man? Thanks for coming on. Oh man, thank you for thank you for having me on, and and I, I acknowledge people like you that have platforms so that people like me can share our stories and actually be heard. So thank you so much. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you coming on. So for the newer audience out there, Budget Trek really started as a personal finance podcast, hence the name Budget Trek. I was documenting my wife and I's journey towards financial freedom, paying down debt, trying to save, trying to get a house. Uh, now we're now expecting a kid. So that's something else too. Congratulations. Thank you, ma'am. But after a while, it started going more towards the entrepreneurial route because I understood that everyone has a different journey in life, whether you're an entrepreneur or not. But when you're an entrepreneur, social media kind of glorifies that it's easy. They show highlight reel of entrepreneurship, but it's not that way. So I wanted to give entrepreneurs like yourself a platform to talk about that it's not easy. And when you fall down, you have to get up every single time. However, before we started recording, Garrett and I were talking. And in light of everything that's going on right now with the racism and police brutality and, you know, it's, there's so much hate in the world right now. Not only for that, but you still have COVID going on as well. We might it's get almost like people just forgot about the whole COVID thing. It's exactly, crazy. exactly. So, uh, but before we get into everything, I want to allow Garen to talk about his experience, what he does for a living, and so on. So it's kind of very similar to yours. I started as a health and wellness coach, and then all of a sudden, I got into personal growth and transformation seminars and I started seeing this formula about like the healthier you are the better that you think so why you know I could start working on people's thoughts as I was working on my thoughts and as I did that I started noticing their lives change but the only way that I could be what I call myself is if I was actually doing if I was that person first and you know it, it's like I deal in transformation and eight and a half years ago, I was living in my car for two and a half years. I was over $200,000 in debt. Um, I tried to kill myself twice because I didn't know a reason for living. I didn't have any mentors or anything. I was living in Los Angeles, just trying to figure life out. I was doing music, but I was broke. So I was putting on this image that looked like I was doing well, but in deep down inside I was dying. And you know, when, when I just felt like, man, I can't pay bills, I can't pay child support, I'm not booking any jobs, I'm, I'm putting on 40 extra pounds, all these different things, I'm like, like, what's the point in living? 
And at that time, I wasn't reading books and all these different things. And so one day, it was August 2011, I had my moment of awakening. I just, mm -hmm. just yelled out. It was 3.43 in the morning. Okay, I'm tired of fighting. I don't want to fight anymore. I want to be healthy. I want to be happy. I want to be surrounded by nothing but positive people. And I just want to inspire people. And I want to make a bunch of money, but I want the money to represent something that I passionately believe in that I would do for free. Just show me a sign. A week later, I'm at the gas station and a, and a homeless guy walks up to me asking me for money. And I said, you have more, more money than me. And he said, change your mindset, change your life. Those words. Wow. Right I've always heard people say, oh, you know, you knew better, you do better. You know, be the change you wish to see in the world. It never hit me. Right. Change your mindset, change your life, hit me in a way where, so if my mind is set on something, then that's why the result is what it is. So if I do different with the same circumstance, my life will change. So every day, normally I would take the escalators, change your mindset, change your life. I would pick one thing to just do the opposite, to get in the habit of doing the opposite. Mm -hmm. an object in motion stays in motion but I wasn't aware of what was going on so imagine that was almost nine years ago nine years removed of the habitual environment because people tend to live out their childhood um, decisions right I got this I, I, I like to say that adults are deteriorated children unless you become aware but I was eight I'm almost nine years removed from that place of me living in my car and now multi six and seven figures in the last few years, retired my mom, owned several properties, real estate development, uh, facilitator for uh, transformation courses, three-day transformation workshops, speak on stage of 40, 50, 60,000 people, walk into a Fortune 500 company, they pay me lots of money per hour to teach them on leadership and engagement and all these different things, but it was all lessons that I learned during the nine years of transformation that I gained from the one philosophy of changing my mindset. Right. And here we are today. That's awesome, man. That's powerful. And, and nonetheless, coming from a homeless man. Yeah. Cause I think that makes it even more powerful when you have somebody above you and you see this on social media, right? When you have somebody above you giving you advice, yes, it holds true. But I think that when you have something completely unexpected with a homeless man or someone that you deem beneath you and they give you this advice, I think it holds even more weight because you're thinking, yeah, why do you think you can give me advice? You obviously see something rather than someone that's very powerful, just blanketing advice across everybody, right? Yeah, you know, it's, I've heard this statement where, you know, I wouldn't take advice from anybody I wouldn't trade places with. I didn't want to trade places with the homeless guy. The thing right. about it is I was stripped down of all of my, material things to where it felt like I had nothing. And when I right. felt like I had nothing, you saw the essence of me and the essence of me 
was the essence of him because we're all reflections of one another. So when he said that, I didn't, I couldn't hide behind an image because all there was was just the core of who I was. And it hit me in a way where I couldn't hide behind anything because I was already stripped away from everything. So yeah. in losing myself, I found myself and I found myself by really tending to my grid, tending to who I am, who I know myself to be deep down on the inside. So what do you suggest for people who were in your position, but say that if someone said that to them, change your mindset, change your life, what if it doesn't hit them like it hits you? How do people find it deep within them to actually feel like that's true? The thing about it is I was already seeking, like, you know, I was already seeking and, and, and whatever you're looking for, you're going to find. If you just keep looking and looking and looking and looking, you're eventually going to find it or make up a story in your head and gather enough evidence to make sure that what you find is true. That's what we typically do as humans. Um, I was already seeking, so it wasn't like I was sitting on my butt, like, you know, when is it going to happen for me? That's what a lot of people do. They're just w wishing for a hope and a prayer. Listen, I was trying everything. I was on... Um, uh, what is that place? Um, uh, let me see. I was on the, um, I was on the, uh, the Craigslist every single day looking for ways to make money. And, and my friend goes, he goes, what are you good at? Write a list of things and write a list of things, uh, of things that you absolutely love. So every day I was on Craigslist looking at that grid, not what other people loved for me, things that I was really good at. I was good at singing. I was good at mowing lawns. I was good at washing cars. I was good at babysitting. I, you know what I'm saying? I was doing singing telegrams, everything. I was, my mom was like, you should do something in health and fitness. You love to help people. I was already working people out for free at a mountain. And so I, it's like there's a saying that I heard that life cannot deny someone who gives their absolute all but most people don't give their absolute all. They give their comfort zone. I right. was going past my comfort zone and putting myself out there. So I heard that in the midst of seeking, that meant the environment at which I was receiving information was, it was curated for growth. Most people who, aren't, who can't get it it's not curated for growth because your ego and pride and all these things are in a way that you don't receive things. Right. But I was already seeking. So when I heard it, it fit in alignment. Now when I connect the dots, uh, looking backwards on my life, it fit in the alignment of everything that I was looking for. Yeah. And I think that's powerful advice. And I think some people maybe just aren't there yet or they're not able to recognize that about themselves yet. But I do believe that people who are truly passionate about something, and something you said earlier, you're making money from something you're truly passionate about that you would do for free. Everybody's passionate about everything, right? I'm passionate about the NFL. I'm passionate about my wife. I'm passionate about hanging out with my friends. But what are you truly passionate about? What value do you bring to the table that you love so much that you would do it for free for someone else? So the thing about it is my, 
idea of passion is something that's rooted deep within. Mm -hmm. For football, it's actually football. I actually love team and camaraderie. I love winning. So I'm passionate about winning. Okay, so what's associated with team and camaraderie and winning? So you just got to tail it back. So I'll give you an example. Some people will say one thing, but deep down inside it's something else. I was working with somebody's five-year-old child. And she was like, I don't know, he's always getting in trouble and nobody can get to him. I was like, do you mind if I talk to him? And, and she was like, yeah. And so I spoke to, I spoke to him and um, I was like, Jaden, I was like, I said, um, what's your favorite sport? He said, tennis. And I was like, do you like tennis or do you like movement? And then he goes like this. That means it wasn't tennis. That's just what he said. That's what he can only associate it with. I mean, right. he likes movement. His mom liked tennis, but he couldn't articulate what that was. I said, come out with me outside. And I start running with him. Within five minutes, you look over at his mom and she was like, I've never seen him this happy in my life. I said, we found what he really meant in his heart. He just did, you can't be what you can't see. Right. So nobody was talking about track and field. So when you take it all the way back, it's like, boom. Then they put him in track and field. All of a sudden, he was smoking people two and three years older than him. And now he's damn near a teenager. And he's like one of the top, top teenagers in the nation. But his foundation was something that was deeply rooted in his soul. So anytime somebody said, oh, I'm passionate about this. Okay, let's break it down. Let's unpack it. What do you love about it? Oh, right. I love this. And nine times out of 10, it ain't even really that. Then you go back. Then you go back. Well, I'm passionate about helping people, and I'm passionate about uh, traveling the world, and I'm passionate about inspiring people. But when you check in with little Garen from when he was five, what did he always want to be? I want to be stronger than the average man. I want to have abs like an action figure. And I want to save people's lives all over the world. What am I doing? I'm stronger than the average man. I have abs like an action figure. And I'm transforming, or at least teaching people how to have awareness to transform their own lives literally all over the world. I've spoken 72 countries in the last six years. And so what I, don't, I don't take people's first statement as the actual statement. I actually be like, hold on one second. Why is that? Right. And then I ask why like six times, and then we get to the root of it. When you get to the root of it, then you'll know what the real, the, the, the essence and the core of it is. Oh yeah. And and that that's a method that Dean Graciosi uses. He asks why What's his name? Dean Graciosi. Dean Graciosi. He's very way. close to Tony Robbins and Russell Brunson. Uh he's got black kind of like a flow hair and he has glasses. Dean but the same okay. thing where when you ask someone what their why is, most people will say just like you said it's off the surface, my family. There's more to that. Then he says, why? Why is your family your drive? Well, because, you know, my mom was sick when I was little and I want to be able to provide for my family the way she wasn't able to provide for mine. Why do you want to provide for your family? You know, you just keep getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And he talks about you get to that sixth or seventh why and people are starting to choke up because they're finding their true why and they didn't even know it themselves. They knew it deep down, but they hadn't found it yet. Right. So it's, it's, I think people are are conditioned to 
say the first thing that's on their mind to a tough question, right? Why? That's a tough question because that can mean anything. But when you go deep down, way deep down, and you're uncomfortable with whatever your why is, I think that's when you're starting to find it, right? Absolutely. You got to dig deep to build high. They don't build skyscrapers on the surface. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I love the way you find people's passions because I can almost guarantee people are in jobs or entrepreneurs are doing things that they think they're passionate about, but maybe there's some component of that job and or business that they're passionate about and that's what's driving them. Yeah. And so when you say that, cause you know, there's, there's different conglomerates to, to my brand and one of them is, is uh, real estate development. And mm-hmm. somebody's like, I don't understand, Gary. And you're like, you got this number one t- best-selling book that's about transformation. And then you do health and wellness. It's about transformation. Then you speak. And it's about transformation. I don't get the business development. I was like, so what happens when a house is developed from what it is into what it could be? It taps into the same place where all transformation taps into and provides an emotion or evokes an emotion for a new family. So that's why it's easy. If it didn't, if it didn't go into that same space, I wouldn't do it because like I got bro, I, 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 I earn a lot of money to know that money don't really, it, it doesn't bring me that kind of joy. It can amplify, but it doesn't bring me that joy. Peace of mind does. And right. when I'm doing what I love, what I'm doing, what I feel called to do, when I'm like literally following a mission of, and literally my, my mission is to create platforms where people can identify their God-given talents so that they can use it and produce extraordinary results in their lives. Give me any platform. I ask, give me any platform. And then when they come, I'm still using the exact same formula, same passion, same yep. energy, so I don't have to separate myself. They're like, well, yep. you got all these things. How can you operate it? I, because I'm focused on my mission, and the mission is like the Pacific Ocean that feeds all the rivers. I'm not focused on the rivers. I'm focused on the ocean, baby. It has more power there. I, I want to say something. I, I don't know if you caught it, but I caught it. You said I earn a lot of money versus I make a lot of money. And I think that's something you probably conditioned yourself to say because I, I believe when you find your passion and you are using your God-given talent to make money, you are now earning money. You earned that money. Versus okay. saying, I work as an analyst at an investment bank. I am making money. There's a big difference between the two. And I think what separates the two is passion. Yeah, you know, I... You know, I heard the saying, it was like, you know, the only thing that makes money is the mint, minting press. And I was like, nah, I, I earn this money. And then when you, when you are, when you, you don't get paid for time, you get paid for the value that you add to the marketplace in exactly. your whatever genre it is that you're doing. But if you position and posture yourself in a way where you are looking through the eyes of someone who values themselves, then money will then start following you. Opportunities will then start following you. Most people deep down inside don't value themselves, so they put the mask of money there, put the mask of job or the man or the, or the this or the that mm-hmm. to escape from 
truly being with themselves. That's why it's, it was even so hard for a lot of people to be with themselves during this during this pandemic is they're not used to being with themselves. They're, I gotta go buy this, I gotta go do this to distract themselves from themselves. Right, yeah, 100%, man. And, and you know, I wanna go back on something. People who are almost afraid of themselves, they're, they're afraid to take that next step because they don't know what that next step is. And they're afraid of stepping into uncertainty. And, you know, as I said before, I, I try to talk about hard things within this podcast that hard things that are hard to talk about. And something you mentioned was that you tried to kill yourself twice. Yeah. Now, I had a friend in high school that actually killed himself. Mm. One of my good buddies. But I think at the same time, not everybody can be saved. Right. Everybody has a path, a journey, a plan. And yes, you have your free will, but I think, God ultimately knows that next step. So for the listeners out there that have struggled with this feeling of sadness and despair and not knowing what that next step is and thinking, I don't want to take that next step. I want to stop here. And the only way to stop here is to end my life. How can people reframe their mind to begin to have that ambition and determination to keep pushing forward? Let me unpack that a little bit. So when you're in that state, there's pretty much nothing anyone can say. Right. And I just remember blaming the world for the situation that I was in. I blame my skin color, blame the president, blame my mom, blame my dead father, blame. And then I realized while I was blaming everybody, I never once took responsibility for my own actions. And so it was in that moment I said, either I die right now or I do something about it. And this something about it was me then taking an action that was, listen, I didn't know what the next was going to be like. A fifth grader doesn't know what seventh grade is going to be like. But there's tests. You take a leap of faith. You get to the highest class in fifth grade. All of a sudden you, you drop. Then you go to sixth grade. Some, a lot of times it's a new, a new school, new bullies, new this, and you got to adjust to whatever the environment is. School, I mean, the school of life is this exact same. The rises and falls is a part of your own personal life's journey. And when you can see that you weren't meant here you weren't meant to be put here to pay bills and die and then pass that philosophy on to your kids. And you could just lock in on something. There was a book called The Power of Positive Thinking. I didn't know what I was reading. However, the book was reading me because obviously positive things started happening in my life, even right. when I didn't understand it. I was just letting these words come out of my mouth. That's when the book is reading you. And so that is the book that I was reading, The Power of Positive Thinking by Dr. Norman Vincent Peale. Uh, while I was living in my car, a lady named Shannon Davidson gave me that book. And I was just like, you know, I'm just going to read the book. Right. And I'll do great things. But everything else that happened after that was on the tail end of me having positive, uh, unconscious positive thoughts flowing through my life instead of just being negative. And when is it going to ever happen to me? The outside is the physical manifestation of what's going on inside the, 
brain, body, soul, heart, spirit. Right. And, and, and to unpack that and some actionable steps for the listeners out there who might be struggling with these thoughts, I, I guess you start with taking responsibility for where you're blaming others. Yes. Who am I blaming for my misfortunes? And then take responsibility and say, this is my fault. Just say it. And I think at that point you say, okay, how can I turn these misfortunes into my fortunes? Right? Yeah. How can I do that? And I think when you start to dive into how you can turn your life into a positive thinking, and also I love that I'm not here to pay bills and die. I'm here to serve a purpose, but it's up to me to find that purpose. It all comes back to taking responsibility. So I think for those who, and yes, this is easier said than done. Like you said, you can't tell someone who's thinking these thoughts anything. They have to do it themselves. But I hope that my listeners out there who might be struggling with this can, can say, yes, I am struggling with this. Let me try to do this myself. Let me just try. And I think it's just trying. Just try to do something different for one day and then a second day and then a third day. And you know what? I've, I heard John C. Maxwell say that successful people are willing to do the things that unsuccessful people won't do. And then I heard Jim Rohn say, success leaves clues. Mm-hmm. I was looking at the wrong people because the people that I was looking they were broke, ashy, complaining, complaining about traffic, like everything. So we were recycling broke, which is only a mindset. We were recycling broke conversation. But then when I started to watch other people, I have 15 mentors. They don't even know that I exist because successful people do certain things in a certain way over and over and over and over and over. They're reading that book. I don't read that book. So I'm going to read that book. They're always building people up, not tearing people down. I'm always tearing people down. Okay, so I'm going to start building people up. doesn't make sense to me, but he's successful. He's doing it. So I'm going to do it too. Right. Then people's pride get in the way. They're like, oh, I don't want to be like anybody else. Let me tell you something. Even a baby needs training wheels before they can ride the bike themselves. Exactly. You want the slow road or you want the road where you can mirror success and then it becomes your own. There was like Michael Jackson. He had Fred Astaire and James Brown. Then all of a sudden, then he became, you know, that, the, the, the pop superstar. And, you know, everybody learns from somebody else. And the best leader is one of the greatest followers. Yep. Yeah, and I agree with that 100%. And, and that's something I'm actually practicing now. We have a team under us at our business and leading them was tough in the beginning because I was new to it. But what I've learned is by giving them the ropes and letting them teach me, it's actually making me a better leader at the end of the day. Yep. So to kind of unpack that, when you allow others to teach you, don't let your pride get in the way. That inevitably makes you a better person, whether that's in business, fitness, a lawyer, a CEO, a trash man, a janitor, whatever that is, let people teach you. And I think that is the number one component that entrepreneurs nowadays need is just be teachable. Adapt. Yeah. Time. When you mentioned that guy's name, I instantly pulled out my notebook. I was like, look up. Uh, Dean Gracia. Anytime I hear something, I'm just like, well, wait one second. <laughs> Stay a student forever. You should always have somebody that can pull out of you what you can't pull out of yourself, especially if you're wanting to get to the next level of your life. 
like fifth graders can't teach fifth graders how to get out of fifth grade. They always have a teacher. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we, we have we have definitely unpacked a lot here, but I want to use this last 10, 15 minutes to uh, unpack another big topic that is definitely trending now. Yeah. And that's everything with the George Floyd and the racism and yeah. COVID on the back in the background. Now it's not even in the on the front news anymore. But I, I wanted to start with this quote by MLK. Returning hate for hate multiplies hate, adding deeper darkness to a night devoid of stars. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Yeah. I want to hear your thoughts on everything because there are, I would, I would say a majority of people, not only this country, but the world that stand behind the fact that systemic racism is a thing and police brutality is a thing. But I believe that now it has come to a point where this hate that has been around for a long time before we were even born, but it's now fighting that hate with hate. And I don't think it's productive in my opinion, but I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear your opinion and I want to allow you to use this platform to speak out about what you believe. So I'm going to give you an example. Well, one, you can't change without awareness. So there's, there, there are some races who don't even know that they're racist, but you got to understand if you're domesticated in a household and you even tried not to be like your parents, but you were domesticated in that environment, right. you can have things slip out without even knowing it. And you can't see the picture while you're in the frame. So I'm going to break it down to this is exactly what our nation is in right now. Three years ago, my jaw was the size of Thanos. And it hurt so bad. Like it was like swollen and crazy. I went to the dentist. They said, it looks like you got to get a root canal. And I'm like, what? I don't, I don't understand. There's already a root canal there. So you got to go see a specialist. So I went to go see a specialist and they were like, you got to get a root canal. I was like, I really don't understand. There's already a root canal there. A root canal is when they remove all the, everything out of there. So there is no filling. Right. How can there be a root canal? They said, because whoever originally did your root canal didn't get it all the way to the root. So it wasn't clean at the root. So you have 17 years worth of infection that's just now starting to show up on the surface. Wow. It wasn't anything that I was doing now. It's because at the core of it, AKA our system, you can't, you can't tell a, a child to change ABCs because the system is designed for every child that comes inside to learn the ABCs, whether you're white, black, pink, purple, whatever, and all of them knows that system. Our system at the root is flawed, just like the root canal. And it's never been cleared. It's never been cleared. So at the root, if the root is rotten, everything that's built on top of the root, it's like it's putting... It's, it's, all, it's like putting the icing on a mud pie. And then the hate and the anger from the black community comes from 
Simply, if you put two dogs in a cage and you rattle the cage and rattle the cage, they're going to end up eating themselves. And they're so angry. So when you, even you as human, if you suppress something and suppress and suppress, and every time you try to speak out, suppress and suppress and suppress, it's eventually going to blow up. food and you didn't release it through you know whatever water you're drinking whatever whatever food you're eating and you didn't urine and you didn't do the number two and you just kept eating and eating and eating you would blow up so when you suppress a, a, a society for 300 years and every time they open up their mouth they're like that and then you rattle the cage and rattle the cage and rattle the cage from a system, not the people, I'm saying the people aren't evil. The system is fucked. And the system is designed to curate evil people Mm -hmm. and to curate an entire culture who has never felt seen, heard, but the people take from the culture, but deny the right to justice from the culture that they stripped everything away from. So when you break it down that way and you take at the, at the origination of Africa, take away the language and then give them, and then give them another language, take away their names and then give, then give them another name, take away the, the right to, 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 to go to Jesus or God or whatever, take that right away. Don't allow them to read books and then say, hey, you're free. That's where the rage comes from, and that's where the anger comes from. So though I'm not the one anger and raging, I can understand, but I've master's in spiritual psychology, 10-day silent retreats, freaking transformation courses, all kind of things year after year after year after year. Most people, don't have an outlet like that. So like a baby that goes gaga goo goo and they don't have any other way to express themselves, when you suppress, yep. it, it's gotta, it, it's got, it, it, it just, it's gotta come out. So, and I even have it, darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. But if you don't even know that you were born into love, there is no awareness in that conversation. So if I, if I say to somebody right now, no, you've just got to figure it out yourself, they only have an awareness of who they are right now. So when I share the dentist thing, when you're just like, if it's still rotten at the core, and me, a successful black man who works with white, black, Jew, Muslim, whatever, because my heart is wide open, Yes. I receive it all the time. I'm just so strong that it bounces off me like the, like the um, what is it, little mosquitoes in that light. It bounces off me because I know who I am. Most people at the core were born into an environment of an injustice. And whenever someone says somebody like, you know, I heard somebody say, oh, Oh, all lives matter. I was like, you just dismissed the fact that we've never felt like our, our life mattered ever. So if I say black lives matter, I don't want to hear a but. I don't want to hear all lives matter. I know all lives matter. Thing about it is, 
in the context of people who keep dying over and over and over and over and over. That's not happening and on a major scale to pretty much any other race on that scale. So we're saying we just want to have justice just like everyone else. Exactly. And why, and why is it that every single, every, every single race who's like been stripped and enslaved and all these different things from the, from the Jews to the Indians and everything, there was restoration. Their, their kids get money, all these people, it, they all get money. But in the black community, not one red cent. So that's a, flawed, that's a flawed system. So that's a root canal. What I do is live my life in such a way and I turn that rage into, and, and I, I just mix it with the passion, which makes it go 10 times more. And I teach a whole bunch of people how to be successful. However, you can't be what you can't see. So because I'm living free, like truly free, regardless of who the president is, regardless of my skin color, other people are saying, oh, success leaves clear. I just need to an example. And I had to tell them, I just had to live my life in such a way and still be myself. I ain't changed myself one bit. I've only amplified my education and the world, you know, I, I feel, I feel, and I'm choosing to feel happy regardless of what's going on. Right. So yeah. that's my take on everything going on. No, no, that's good. That's really good. And, and I want to say something that I saw yesterday. Uh, I don't remember who posted it, but, and I don't even know the exact book of the Bible or the verse of the chapter, but there's a phrase where I think it's lambs and God leaves the 99 to go be with the one that's lost. So they say, let's unpack this for a second. What this means is, is God cares about the 99. By him leaving the 99 doesn't mean he doesn't care about the 99. He's going after the one. He said, so yes, all lives matter, hence the 99 matters, but the one that's in trouble right now is the one that's lost, i.e. the ones that are dealing with everything going on right now, hashtag Black Lives Matter. So what this person was saying was Black Lives Matter is valid. People are, are, are rebutting with the Black Lives Matter with All Lives Matter, and people aren't saying that all lives don't matter because all lives matter. I think people who are black, they have white friends, but they are saying Black Lives Matter because Black Lives Matter is the thing that's important right now. 100, my wife is white, like, and she's still posting, she's still with Black Lives Matter, like that George Floyd, she's like, she posted, George Floyd could have easily been my husband, you know? And, and it's, it's like, and she was like, you know what? I've never feared for my life whenever a cop was around. I've never had people cross the street. I've never had, you know, people walk out of the elevator like that. She posted that on Facebook. She was like, so just by birth, I am white privilege. And admitted to it. And all these people like, oh my God, I didn't even realize it. So these are the kind of things, the denial, like it doesn't exist. That's what makes people pissed off because it's like, how much more evidence do you need? Right. So, um, you know, I don't blame the people. It's the system. 100% the system. And 
the school system, they keep teaching the same thing. It's been the exact same school system all these years. Everything is upgraded, but the school system, K through 12, is exactly the same. Exactly. Why is there 2% wealthy and the rest will die trying to figure it out? Who all went through the same school system that gets them when they're kids? Maybe this, whoever created the system got to change a few things at the core so that we can give people a shot. Yeah. No, I, I 100% agree with that. Um, you, you, you do have to change the system. And going back to the reference to the schools, I mean, think about it. When I was in college, we studied marketing. We don't study social media marketing. We, stu we study advertisements on billboard marketing. Update a little bit. Things no have changed. Yeah, no billboards. Do not post on billboard. But, but things have changed so much. And social media amplifies that too. Social media is, can expose flaws in systems around the world, not just in the United States. I, I want to get your take too because – Social media is, in my opinion, where a majority of people get their news. I do too. I'm not going to say I don't. I don't watch the news. I just scroll through Twitter or Facebook, and that's what I see, right? Now, of course, everything that's going on prior to the George Floyd case was COVID. Now it's just riots and George Floyd and racism. Yeah. And then you'll see things that are hidden on Twitter or Facebook of people in communities, white and black, coming together and protesting together. Oh yeah, no, you don't see it. You don't see the cops kneeling down and, exactly. and praying for the families and things like that. So do a couple of things that I've been highlighting. And I was like, it ain't gonna make everything better, but everything needs to start. Any kind of change needs to start somewhere. Exactly. And I think by not showing the little bit of good that is happening in the world, I think it's adding fuel to the fire. Right. Yeah, they don't they don't put it that on the media, on the news, they don't post that. Mm-mm. And, and I think that's my issue is like if people, because, you know, you, you try to think of a solution and yeah, you could donate money. You could do this, you could do that. But does that inspire real change by just donating money? I think donating or not donating. I think real change comes from the people. How are we going to change our actions and our words and how we present ourselves? And I think, Hey, if we try this movement where every single day I am posting something positive that is bringing people together and empowering people to rise up out of this because at the end of the day, we're all humans, regardless of skin color, regardless of race, regardless of job, salary, whatever, we're all humans and we can't let them take that from us. Whoever them is, I don't know. But, you know, I, I saw the blackout post, blackout Tuesday. And, you know, I, I did, I had this thought. I said, you know, what, what is this doing? The blackout Tuesday. What, what change is this evoking? I, I think it's showing that people are banded together by a single post. Yeah. I think, you know, beyond that, what are we doing? What change is happening beyond that? Are we going to keep posting a black box every Tuesday? Or are we going to say, hey, from now on, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to promote positivity. We're coming back to the positivity. Yep. I'm going to try to promote positivity no matter where I'm at. And I think that we would be amazed at where that would lead to. Like I said before, fighting hate with hate only multiplies hate, but hate is such a vague term. What does that, what does hate mean? Right? It can be used in so many different contexts. So what if we, all we do, instead of spreading hate, we spread something that we think is positive every single day, 
regardless of skin color. I don't care what race you are, where you live, what color you are, what you believe, what you don't believe. Just spread something positive. Because what I'm trying to say is at the end of the day, under all of our skin is bones. It all looks the same. Yep. And we have to keep that. I think we have to keep that as human beings that we are banded together. We are all put on this earth by God together for a reason. It wasn't for one race to rule all. It wasn't for one race to be below everybody. It was for all of us to be created equal and to love and to cherish and to spread positivity. But unfortunately, we as a society are not doing that at all. And I think, I think that's an issue. And, and I don't know that the, the solution to this 100%, but I think that's a start. Yeah. You know what? It's a, there's a, it's a, there's just as much as cause we're all, we're all humans at the end of the day. And then it, it's like as much as I would like to, yes, we're all God's children. And it's like, it just got to be looked at as the same. The thing about it is then you'd have to take away the WNBA. Cause so there is a clear difference. It's like one bathroom for everybody. Then there's no WNBA. You've just got to find a way to make it on the team with all the men. And there is no, so there is a, there is a something just like there are different countries. Otherwise, if there was no difference, mm-hmm. then Texas and New York would be the same. It's like, you know, there's different accents and different things like that. So something inside of there makes sense to me. So that like, you know, because even the Bulls, Boston, all of them there. So like you can tell the jerseys, oh, this is my team. So there's something in there that, that it's like it connects to me just so I can understand. Because if I don't see the difference in anywhere, then everything is the same. And without bad, I would never know what good is. So I would never even know how to practice peace. And honestly, I'm not going to wish for bad. I would never want to be in a world where everybody's just nice all the time. And it's just like (laughs) this and no. And and it was just like, boom. I was like, man, you got to have some grit. Got to have some. Because if I. I, Real fast. So it's nice all the time. (laughs) So I, I, I think as I look at the construct of how even school was created, there's a test at the end of the year to see if you're ready to go to the next level. Right. Garden, first, second, third, fourth, fifth, highest of the class, drop, six, seven, eight, drop, ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th, life. The rises and falls seem like when I look at mountain ranges and when I look at what signifies death is a straight line, but what signifies life is something that goes like this on the Richter scale. But then when I look at school, it's like the same formula. And every time I've get, gathered and gained strength is when I've rose up from something. You know, it's like dying to my old self and resurrecting. It's a fine line. And I do believe in promoting that positivity, but I also do believe in not, it's like a kid. I look at, especially when when you're coming into, do you have any kids? Almost. Okay. So yeah. So I have an 18 year old daughter. Okay. So when a kid is just coming into something, the kids is screaming and crying 
bang and bang. If I was to shut down the kid every time they were screaming and crying, that kid would grow up to be a mute. So look how it sounds. Every time in the black community, we've been trying to scream and cry since birth. Mm -hmm. Something has been shutting us down. And I'm an avid puzzle. I love making puzzles. I've got to get the puzzle pieces out of the box first before I can put them together. Right. So when I allow people, even with my wife, to experience their experience, and then once they've had the release, once they've had, they can create the space. Now when you create the space, it makes room for the next level. It makes room for the blessing. You, you ever felt like, oh, I've been keeping a secret. I'm holding it in, holding it. Finally, you just let it out that sense of relief. So though I do not condone violence, I can understand releasing whatever. So you got to pay the price for whatever violent thing that you do, no matter what skin color you are. However, I can understand having a release. My release just happened to be a spiritual awakening while I'm crying to myself. Ah! Right. So my friends for the last three days have been calling me. And I mean, these powerful leaders in the community, snotty tears. And I just keep, what else? Is there anything else? Is there, any, and you'll learn when you have a kid, when your kid comes up to you like, mommy, and they did this. Well, what else did you do? And they did this. Well, what else? Is there anything? And when you keep right. digging, kind of like, Whenever you don't just take everything as surface value, you just keep digging and digging and digging like the guy. Well, what else? Well, what else? What else? Nothing. And then finally, they feel heard. To live in a world where you don't feel seen, heard, acknowledged, that's where it's like, well, I'm just not going to say anything at all. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we're dealing with. Yeah. And, and I definitely agree with that. And, and you know, I want to preface this with, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what it's like. I have no idea. And just like you said, by, by definition, I was born into white privilege. And the, nothing I say or do is going to change the fact that I was born into white privilege. I think, just like you said, it, it's, it's trying to give others a voice to be heard. Because just like you said, and I completely agree you explaining a lot of this is helping me understand too, because when you bottle something up for so long and see, you know, I, I know. And, and now, now you have an excuse to let it out. So you do, you say, I have been wanting to cause violence or I've been wanting to do this or say this or do that for so long. And now you have an excuse to just let it out because it's been inside of you for so long. It probably feels good to them too white black and whoever. i don't i don't condone it you're going to have to be responsible for whatever it is i can relate and i can understand exactly and i think you know i don't think this is the last time this happens i don't i i don't think we're close to being towards the end of this system we're in but i do hope that what's happening that that something good and productive and towards the right path will come out of it. I think we can only hope. And I yeah. think at the core of hope 
everyone still has to try their best, regardless of how hard it is to do their part. Yeah. Say, I hope something good is going to come out of this. And yes, like you said, it, it is coming down to your core self. I am comfortable with letting my anger out. But what I'm uncomfortable with is trying to come together as a community, as a country, and fight for change, for positive change. I don't know what that looks like because I think that that decision is different for every single person. Uh, here's so I know people love action steps. I'm giving an action step for so some because one of my one of my white friends, I got all kind of friends. Uh, one of my white friends was like, "So what? How? What can I do to support?" I was like, "I'm going to tell you what made me feel so good. I was in I was at the at the beach the other day, and after all these riots and stuff going on." There was like five, five white people who passed me and they were like, they were sending me the peace sign. They were just showing me love. I was like, man, compassion goes a lot. But denial, that thing, that, that, that's what irks me. But compassion of, I may not know what you're going through, but I'm, st I'm standing with you. Like, how can I support you? So I told my friend, if you work with anybody that's black, or if you know anybody, check in. Like check check in and he's like, hey, I know it's all this stuff going on right now. I just want to see how you're doing and know notice if you need anything. Couple of friends. Here's an example. My friend Casey, I didn't tell him to do this, but he reached out to me and I cried. I cried when I got this message. And I was just like, you see, this this is the kind of stuff that that people that just people would benefit from. But I got a message from my, my friend Casey, and he sent me a message. He goes, I wanted to reach out and check in on you. You have been on my mind, you and many other of my friends. I know the world is shining a light on things that have been a constant, I'm sure, in your life. I want you to know you are thought of and loved. If you need anything from me, don't hesitate to ask. And my heart just dropped to the floor because I have never received a message like that before in my life. Right. And I was like, wow. So I did a live and I was like, that's something you can do. And it's a start and it's been happening. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I, and like something like that, like that, that's even touching me and I'm not on the receiving end of the message. And I, we do need to start wrapping up because this is we've unpacked a lot. <laughs> I didn't even realize. I, I didn't. I just looked down. I was like, it's been an hour, so it's gonna. This is gonna be hard for people to listen to because it's so much within the podcast. But maybe I, you I, can I, split them up into whatever. Just do or what you we can do a follow up interview at a later time. That that might even be you know action plan too. But I, but I think you know actionable steps regarding what's going on in the world is just check in, have compassion, even if you don't have say someone is white and doesn't have someone that they work with that's black or friends that are black just have compassion for those that you cross on the street that you see in the grocery store that you, you interact with on a daily basis just have compassion and I, and I think compassion comes from actions sending that message was an action saying talking to someone is an action you are choosing to do that saying hey I respect you I love you I'm here for you even if you don't know them even if they're a stranger and I think it people of all races, specifically white, we also have to get comfortable too with the uncomfortable things that we need to do. Yeah. So check in, 
with your heart, like really check in. Really, 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 really check in. There is a race of people who are hurting. You would not want that to be you or your child. So just like we can, you know, it's it's like pray for this thing, pray for the, it's like, we want the same thing. Exactly. Exactly, man. Yeah, we have, we have definitely unpacked a lot. Uh, It's probably half and half with the whole wellness route and now the whole issue route. And we didn't even touch COVID. I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. Uh, I've got stuff for that too. No, it's crazy. (laughs) Well, just on that, you know, our, our mayor of Nashville, I think it was a few days prior. He, you know, they had the different phases of you can have this many people in a place and not and whatnot. And a few days before, he said we've entered, you know, whatever phase it is, only twenty five people at a time in restaurants, stuff like that. And then literally the next day, uh, the George Floyd stuff was happening. He said, "Hey, we're having the peaceful protest. I want all of Nashville to join together." And I'm thinking, okay, not that I disagree with the peaceful protest, but is COVID even a thing anymore? Can we have this many people around each other? I don't know. So I, I think there's a lot of questioning going around. Lots of questions. What's the agenda, really? We don't know. I, I, I think there's too many people with the USA on some puppet strings, and we're, you know, doing what they want us to do. But, <laughs> but, uh, but Garrett, it, this has been awesome. I, th- I think we've uncovered a lot, and, and this is definitely going to be um, a podcast that I, I think everybody should listen to. It's been the deepest, and I think it's been – the one where I've we've been able to unpack the most light into situations that are happening around us, not only with the racism and, and our system, but with the wellness route to people who are struggling with uh, depression, people who are struggling with not knowing where to go next. What next step do I te- take? How do I chase my passion? What is my passion? Why am I doing what I'm doing? And I, I hope for my listeners out there that you can take some little nuggets from this and apply them to your own life. Or if you already knew these things, share this podcast with someone else that needs to, that needs to hear it. Cause I think we've shared a lot of positive things and we've talked about uncomfortable things as well and uncomfortable being uncomfortable is something we all need to get comfortable with regardless of what, regardless of what it is. But Garen, I appreciate your time, my man. Where can my audience find you on social media? You can find me on Instagram all the time. Uh, Garen.jones, my website, garenjones.com. Uh, my book, Change Your Mindset, Change Your Life, is on Amazon Global um, and, uh, and Kindle and paperback. And it's in English and Spanish. So um, you can find me there. And I'm excited to chat up with you guys. Awesome. Yeah, guys, reach out to Garen if you have any questions. If you have questions about the episode, just a comment. Tell him it was great. And Garen, I appreciate your time, my man. You're more than welcome. Have a powerful day. And thank you again for this platform. Thanks for listening. I post episodes every Monday and Thursday at 6 a.m. Central Time, and they're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other major podcasting platform. Check out our social media linked in the description and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll catch you next time.